Former President Donald Trump will be returning to the nation's capital this week for the first time since he left office. This comes just days after the January 6th committee wrapped up a summer full of hearings, putting Mr. Trump at the center of a conspiracy to subvert the results of the 2020 election. To talk about all the politics here, I am joined by our Politics Monday duo, Amy Walter of the Cook Political Report with Amy Walter and Tamara Keith of NPR. Hello to both of you on this Politics Monday. Very good to see you. So let's talk about that January 6th committee. Uh, they did wrap up their eighth hearing, Amy, last week, the end of the summer run, end of the summer run. We may, we're going to hear more in September. How well, how good a job do you think they've done laying this out? And by the way, they just in the last 24 hours have put out another video showing the day after January 6th how the former president was still reluctant to say that these, to separate himself from the rioters. There was a line they showed, I want to be very clear, you do not represent me, you do not represent our movement. He crossed it out, he wouldn't say it. Well, he also said in that statement that he had immediately sent the National Guard and other law enforcement in when this started, which obviously was also untrue. Judy, I guess it's a, d defining how effective it has been and different uh, in different ways. If it's, was it effective at changing people's minds, people, how they felt pre this hearing and today? Um, it doesn't look like many minds have been changed. So this is from the Marist NPR NewsHour poll. Do you think, this question was asked first in uh, December of 2021, was, the, was January 6th an insurrection, a threat to democracy? 49% said yes then. The most recent, just 50% say yes. So not a lot of movement there. How responsible is Trump for what happened at the Capitol? 43 or 45% in July, I'm sorry, 43% in January said it was a big deal. He had a great deal to do, only 45% now. So not a whole lot of movement there. But when you talk to Republicans, whether it's activists or even just rank and file voters that we're listening to in focus groups, what you start to hear is a wariness, a weariness, mm. maybe Trump fatigue setting in. Not so much that they don't like him anymore. They still do. And they don't support the January 6th commission. But what they're starting to pick up is the sense that, boy, Voting for Trump again comes with a lot of baggage, and there are plenty of other Republican candidates out there who want to run for president who have all the Trumpism mm. without this baggage. So maybe it's having some impact. Is that what we're seeing, Tam? Certainly, it could be having some impact. I, I think that it is going to be hard to tell because there have been other times over the last five, six years right. that there has been Trump fatigue among Republicans, that there has been an establishment Republican effort to take out Donald Trump. Um, and then they haven't been able to mount enough of, uh, you know, to, to mount enough of a force to get behind one person that could be an opponent to him to actually be able to uh, take him off the political scene. Because there are lots and lots of Republicans, rank and file Republicans who say, oh, back in the day, I wish you wouldn't tweet so much. And they'll vote for him. Mm -hmm. Someone like Bill Barr, the former attorney general, who, who said that the former president's claims about election fraud were BS, yeah. he didn't use that term, but said that if he was the nominee, he'd vote for him again. Um, so uh, I think that what the committee is trying to do, what Liz Cheney argued, and you know, the leading Republican on the committee, but someone who believes that Donald Trump is a threat to democracy, what she argued is that his behavior on January 6th itself and in the lead up to it means that he shouldn't be allowed to be elected again. Have they convinced 
rank and file Republicans, yeah. primary voters, it's not clear. No, no. And to the point that people are skeptical that he'll be held accountable. I noticed right. also in the poll you right. saw half of Americans said they thought he had committed a crime, but what is it? More than 60% said he won't, he's not going to be, uh, he's not going to be prosecuted. Well, there's a reason people believe that. He's been Teflon. Uh, he's been impeached twice and not convicted. There, there was the Mueller investigation. I mean, if the public is following the cues of the past, then there's no reason for them to believe that this time would be different. That said, NPR has confirmed that Mark Short, the, the vice president's chief of staff, has been called before a grand jury in Washington, D.C. There are indications that there are uh, investigations that are getting more serious, even outside of this congressional investigation, which uh, could lead to policy change, but is not intended to lead to prosecution per se. And then meanwhile, Amy, as we were saying earlier, former President Trump coming to Washington first time since he left and right after the uh, or right after the uh, uh, the day he left office um, to speak at this conservative conference. Uh, his, his own former vice president, Mike Pence, was due to speak there today, causing all of us to start to look again, as Tam suggests, at how are these Republicans lining up as we think about 2024. Here's a piece of that poll we've just been talking about, looking at favorability among these party uh, leaders, among just, now this is just Republican voters, 77% yep. Donald Trump, 65% Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, 59% Pence, and by the way, Liz Cheney, right. Down at the uh, bringing up the rear, yep. um, she may be vice chair of the committee, but she's not first in the hearts of Republicans. The, the remarkable thing, too, about the DeSantis number is that he is the governor of Florida, and he has, that's a pretty large number for somebody who just recently came onto the national scene. He comes up in conversation, too, again, with rank-and-file Republicans as somebody that they like. So he has certainly broken through. Um, the thing about Pence, his that folks around him believe that there is a lane for him, that there are enough Republicans out there who want to see somebody who supported, the again, the policies of Donald Trump, doesn't come with the baggage of Donald Trump, or want to see somebody who has real um, evangelical, conservative values, uh, comes from that wing of the party. But we just don't really see much evidence that voters, Republican voters, are hungry for, yeah. for a Mike Pence candidacy. You hear a little back and forth. I mean, the fact that he has a 59 percent suggests they don't necessarily dislike him in the mm -hmm. way they see, uh, in the way they feel about Liz Cheney. But they're also not tripping over themselves excitedly to support him. And I'm not saying crowd size matters, but Trump and Pence held rival events in mm. Arizona over the weekend. Trump had a rally with several thousand people. Pence held an event that wasn't meant to be a rally. It was, you know, like a, a regular old boring campaign event uh, for gubernatorial candidate at, a, at an employer in Arizona, a couple hundred people. Very different tone, very different mode. That's obviously reflective of who they are, but also reflective of the fact that Trump just gets people excited gets his still. voters excited still. Even with the January 6th going on. But it is, Amy, it's just it, the committee drip, drip, drip yes. of, of information. That's right. But, but we're going to, you know, we've got over two years now for yep. voters to sort out what they think about him. That's right. And, and the other we have potentially legal action in Georgia. Exactly. And the, Department of Justice as well. And, and, and meanwhile, that's right, there's the Atlanta. That's right, uh, which seems to be moving along at, we don't know 
where this is headed, of course, but we do know a lot of the names that have been brought in front of the grand jury. So we could be looking at something before we hit 2024 from a legal perspective. What's also interesting, as, as Tam brought up about Arizona, the Pence and Trump camps are also fighting these proxy wars with different candidates. Yeah. Um, Trump, of course, against the sitting governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, and uh, Pence for him, and in Arizona, yeah. supporting different candidates. We're watching these all over. Yes. Subject for another politics. Monday. Yes, soon. Indeed. Amy Walter, Tamara Keith, thank you both. You're welcome. You're welcome.